Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus on WN. No, it's no, not on it's WNBC. Not on NBC, no, 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 no. But I love that. That's my favorite part of the I movie. I know, right? WN. No, no. BC. Listen, listen to me. It's like, listen Howard. to me. Listen to me. You're, no, 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 no. no. You're not, you don't quite have it. You don't quite have it. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. We are back at you once again. Uh, this week, we are talking about songs about God. Uh, last week was all about satanic panic. So in, in the in the in the nature of in the keeping in the spirit of fairness, right, mm-hmm. Mr. Pittsburgh? Correct. Correct. You know, and and, and, and our door swings both ways, <laughs> as I like to say. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. That was the door swinging the other way. Uh, last week we did we talked about uh, uh, our sweet Satan. Satanic yes, panic. Yes. <laughs> we had and Mr. Satan himself called in. If you yes. if you missed it, please go back. It's all over Spotify and Apple, uh, whatever that thing used to be. iTunes. They're calling it something different these days. Um, but go back and check all that out. So uh, it's a lot of fun. But we're gonna be talking. We have uh, we're gonna be talking about ten songs that are about God in one way, shape, or another. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily pro God. No, Not necessarily, it's, it's but they there. are songs about God. Exactly. Okay, so we're just sort of like, we're mixing it up. Um, and for the first time in a long time, and hopefully we're gonna, I really want to be doing more of this as we move forward, um, getting some special guests on. Nice. In addition to Mr. Pittsburgh, who sure, is here, sure. of course, we have Eric McKenna nice. here uh, from Boogie Street Guitars, and he's got his own podcast, and we're going to meet Eric here in a couple of minutes. So that's really exciting. So... Stick around, guys. This is going to be a fun podcast. As always, it's always fun. Come on. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. What the hell else would it be? What it, what it is not, though, it is not Wolf's Customs. Wolf's Customs oh. is awesome. Uh, Chris Thunderwolf Dotson, who's a good friend of our uh, podcast here, does amazing custom artwork on your electric guitar. I'm... Hopefully, Chris jumps in tonight because I would like him and Eric to meet each other sure. if they don't already know each other. A lot of people in the guitar luthiery mm-hmm. kind Ooh. of world know each other, mm-hmm. but if they don't, these would be two 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 people that would uh, that should meet. But uh, Chris Thunderwolf Dotson at Wolf Customs does amazing uh, graphics on uh, your musical instruments, not just on guitars. Does basses, of course. Uh, uh, Keith, who's our uh, drummer friend, yes. d- d- did some work on oh, his he, drums. Yeah, his drums. Be- be- yeah did Hall yeah. of Flash on the drums yeah. looks very, very cool. Uh, but but check them out. You can find them all over uh, social media or wolfscustoms.online. Big shout out to rockrageradio.com. Download the... What kind of app is that again, Kevin? It is not very expensive at all. Matter of fact, it is free. 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 It's, it's our other favorite four-letter word beginning in F. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yes. go there and download yes. the free app why because it has great music programming 24 7 including the ludini rock and roll circus we are on sundays at noon just as you're coming out from church Mm -hmm. you pop on the ludini rock and roll circus and you know you know you know balance it out a little yeah exactly 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 exactly. (laughs) Little yeah, ying yeah. to the Actually, yang. this week, since we are going to be talking about songs about God, sure. we fit right in with your Sunday school lesson, exactly. I'm sure. 
I'm sure. I'm sure. sure. I'm sure. Sure. So uh, check it out, rockrageradio.com. Download the free app. You can check out the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus as well as awesome, other awesome programming like Hot Licks with Lily Six and a bunch of other awesome things that are on. Exactly. That are some yeah. Hot Licks right there. That sure is. That's for Lily. <laughs> so, oh my okay. Um, <laughs> my apologies. That's cool. And you can find out more about the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Find out about merchandise. Check out all our back podcasts. I know that I've got seven. We are at seven thirty nine uh, with our uh, ones we've done with wow. um, uh, po- uh, on Podbean, mm-hmm. but I have others from Talk Shoe, and most of that stuff is actually up on YouTube. So I've got a bunch of uh, back episodes with interviews with a lot of indie bands and some famous people and things like that. So you can check that out at LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com Also, you can become part of our private Facebook group, the Lou Lombardi's Inner Circle, where we have cool music talk all week long. It's not to be confused with our Facebook privates page. <laughs> I just want to make make that clear. Right. There, <laughs> there it is. Okay, I was looking for a sound for, for my private. <clears throat> that was the yeah. There we go. That's much better. That's, I like that's that one the better. correct sound effect. Yes. So, <laughs> Lord. Um, anyway, so we us. are here at Mr. Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, how was your weekend? Do you anything fun? Uh, uh, you know, it's really funny because uh, I can remember when I worked in the medical field, I would come home and watch the TV show ER. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm in the hospital all day long, right? So this, uh, I had a day off today, and I'm now a cook. I'm now a line cook, prep cook. And what do I do? I watch the John Favreau film, Chef. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? I cook all all week long, and I come home and I watch a... But you know what? Uh, Sophia Vargas, is that her name? Yeah, she's in it. And that's good enough for me. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I did this morning. Watched Little Chef. Got inspired. So there you go. I'm not. I'm not the kind of person that gets offended. Oh boy! But I'm a little disappointed. Yes. That you did not mention yes. our soiree. Oh my gosh! On That's Saturday because night. I can't remember much of it. No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's yeah. been a long time since we just hung out, hung out. with hung our out. buddy, good buddy uh, Eric Anthony, who yes. uh, yes. Good friend of ours from high school. Isn't it? I don't know. A lot of people are not friends with people. Still, people, friends from people, people from high school. Right. But we have. Kevin and I went to high school together. We're yes. still friends with some yes. folks from high school. It was a very small school, and uh, so it was very cool. So we had a good time. Yes, yes. All, thanks yeah. for coming. And they, these guys actually came. I'm, I was buried in the kitchen going over my scheduled time off, and I, I happened to look at my phone, and there's this text. He's like, hey, me and Eric are out at the bar. And I'm like, oh, i got to get out of here. So he ran out, <laughs> told him not to leave, went back, put the, saw, the sad puppy dog eyes on for my head chef, and she's like, all right, you're done. Go ahead. Yeah, we actually, you out. were done anyway. Right? I was done. They, yeah. You ended up working a little like an bit hour over, over yeah, half a little an hour bit over, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah no, you were but, done. Uh, it was time for you to get the hell out of yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So we hung out at the bar there and uh, ogled all the women. Is that a word? Ogled. 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 We stared. At the, we, st- we, we googled. Did, we googled, all, we googled the all the women. We googled all the women. Yeah. Yes. Then came back to your place and hung, had a little pizza. Had a little bit of fun. And then I watched I a was... bunch of uh, videos of newer uh, bands. So we're going to be talking oh, about some yeah, newer bands yeah, a little bit yeah, later yeah, on the definitely. podcast. We, we have a, well, our new and notable is uh, growing. Uh, if you follow me, uh, you're going to find out that I have a, I've been, we've been creating a, a YouTube archive of these new and no, notable artists. So if you're going like, I'm looking for new music, I don't know what to listen to. So 
we, we're handling that for you. So yep. you can check check that out. Make sure that you get involved with our uh, private face group, Facebook group. And you can find out about that at uh, LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com. So uh, we got somebody else who wants to come into the... Oh, let's see who it could be. Chris. Ooh, there he is. We have Chris. Chris Thunderwolf is, yes. is, is jumping in as well. Yes, 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 yes. So, all right. There he is. There he is. Oh, let's make good. sure everybody is muted so that we don't have a complete cacophony <laughs> you're using those big words again <laughs> all right now we do as i said earlier we do have a special yes. no, I'm not special not special spe- no special hey lou <laughs> hey lou my my window is the cleanest on the bus <laughs> from the inside <laughs> Do you see? <laughs> see Eric. Do you see Eric, what you're, you're you dealing with, right, Eric? Buddy? Do you see? <laughs> you see why? He's now wondering about his life choices. <laughs> Anyways, I've always been wondering about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have, we do have Eric McKenna. Eric, welcome. It's good. Thank you so much for. Uh, I apologize. You know, I had a senior, mo- Mr. Pittsburgh. You can like slap me. I had okay. a senior moment, and I told Eric that the podcast was on Monday. What is wrong with me? What are you, stupid or something? I know. I'm so I th- and I apologize again for that. I just had like a... It was on Mondays for, what, two yeah, years yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. Two, then three years. And I, just, yeah. I just had a senior moment. I apologize. Okay. Um, so, Eric uh, McKenna. Eric, um, tell us about... First of all, tell us about kind of what you got going. Give me a little bit of... Uh, you know, you have a podcast and you got Boogie Street. Give us... And then I'm going to deep dive a little bit with you. So kind of introduce yourself and tell us kind of who you are and basically what you have going on. Sure. Um, I'm a lifelong Pittsburgh resident and uh, approximately 24 years ago, I left corporate America and started this small online guitar business called Boogie Street Guitars. Um, It's when the web was young and uh, through um, a lot of hard work, but a lot of luck, it uh, kind of grew legs and got the opportunity to work, uh, partner up with Washburn Guitars out of Chicago, get entrenched with a lot of their artists, did a lot of design work as well as just, you know, uh, the retail of guitars. Um, got an opportunity to work with a lot of the heroes that I grew up with, probably the biggest being Paul Stanley of Kiss, got to work with him for about eight years. Nice. Um, and then uh, just basically uh, in 2014, after 15 years, I, my designs weren't hitting quite as well. I figured, well, I'm getting a little bit long in the tooth. I wasn't real sure what <laughs> the kids were playing. Um, became a realtor midlife. It's been fantastic. And then in 2019, uh, basically out of just uh, life changes, I was looking for, for I was looking for more conversations, more deep conversations in my life, and I, I was fascinated by long form podcasting. Um, Joe Rogan, primarily the format. Didn't see anybody in Pittsburgh doing anything quite like that full scale with the studio and a whole bit. And I had done a little bit of radio prior um, in Beaver County. So I was kind of comfortable behind the mic. I figured, yeah, I'll give it a shot. I, I, you know, I was leasing a space. I'll, I'll build a studio. I'll surround it with the uh, Boogie Street guitar uh, trinkets and we'll create a great visual experience. I'll get bored in six months and I'll, I'll be done. And here we are 40 years later, it grew legs, and I, I really couldn't stop it now if I tried. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's where I'm at right now. I, you know, we're we're kind of uh, 
getting a second life with Boogie Street, not so much on the guitar front, but believe it or not, um, our clothing, our swag that was uh, worn by thousands of people in the 2000s. There seems to be a, um, I don't know, uh, I wouldn't say need, there seems to be a crave for it. So we're partnering up with St. Jude's, giving some money toward the St. Jude's Children's and we reintroduced Boogie Street swag as like, I need another side project, like I need a (laughs) hole in the head. But essentially that kind of, has been our our most recent project in also in you know obviously along with the podcast cool. so that's it i mean that's the that, three minute i got you the, 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 the yeah. three minute circle for uh it's like compressing 25 years in three minutes well it's we're gonna hard, we're gonna get it. into we're gonna get a little deeper here we're gonna get deeper yeah so what i when i wanted to ask because obviously you have passion for the guitar yep you have passion for the guitar why how tell yeah. us tell us about how that got Start. I was looking at some of the great vintage photos on your website. Um, boy, man, it like really mm-hmm. like made me think of my mm-hmm. me and myself. Right. And I knew you thought, thought yeah. the same thing, you know. So tell us about like the, kind of take us back to like why yeah. the guitar. Yeah, I guess to really uh, talk about it completely, I'd have to go back to my childhood. Um, my uncle, my mother's brother, Terry Bates, was the drummer for a band in Pittsburgh in the early 70s called Gravel. Okay. Uh, Corbin and Hanner, uh, Terry Bates, and a few other guys, uh, they had quite a bit of local success. So I was always around it when I was very, very young. I mean, I mean, very, I mean, I, mean, I was being drug in to all the, the dives in Pittsburgh when I probably was like four, five, <laughs> six, seven years old. So I kind of grew up with it. I wanted to be a drummer. Uh, Neil Peart of Rush was like one of my idols as a kid. But also, I would say this band called Kiss, as crazy as they were, mm-hmm. kind of also had my attention. And to me, Paul Stanley was the coolest human being on the planet. I mean, he was a good-looking guy. He had all the chicks, and he just, you know, he was the epitome of a rock star. So, I kind of had those two things going on as a child. I, you know, fast forward through uh, through school and into into life in general. Um, Mid '90s, I lost my only sibling, my brother. And I, I uh, was going through a bit of depression. I was on vacation down in Cancun, and I ran into a gentleman that had a very deep conversation about life. And um, I kind of must have opened up to him because he said, hey, man, the, you know, the way to, to get out of depression is to, to find what you really dig and get a hobby and just dive into what do you like? Hmm. And I, at that point, I really didn't know. And I had to be honest with myself when I say, what turns me on you know, outside of the female persuasion, what turns me on more than anything else. And it always been guitar driven rock and roll. And the one thing I never really did was take guitar seriously. I came home, went down uh, Hollywood music, bought mm-hmm. an acoustic, my best friend, I rekindled a friendship with him, a great guitar player himself. He, he gave, started giving me lessons and I just literally fell in love with the instrument as a middle-aged guy or an early thirties guy. And I was buying and selling and kind of hiding it from my wife at the time because, I, you know, I, I, I was yeah. trying to determine whether I was a Gibson guy or a Fender guy. Is that, that's not a new, is that a new guitar? No. No, no, no. no, so no I like, well, you know that, right? You know the drill. Yeah. So I, I bought this Stratocaster that was just a custom shop, early 90s. Beautiful, man. Nice, it even nice. Had a rare, it even had two humbuckers. So it was great for heavy Whoa. stuff. But it, it didn't talk to me. And... I had to get rid of it before the bill came. So I put it on this thing called eBay. 
Uh-huh. Next thing I know, it sold for almost three times what I paid for it. Uh-oh. Sweet. It didn't take long to figure mm-hmm. out something was going on. And from there, I just started buying and selling guitars purely. Uh, I was a huckster. I was just buying low and selling high. Branding and branding and just came up the name Boogie Street Guitars after the old Leonard Cohen song that I was always fond of. My parents loved that song when I was a kid. And one thing led to another. And then... Um, 2003, I had the audacity to think that I could design, and I went to Fender and Gibson and PRS and PV, and they all laughed at me, naturally, I get it. And Washburn was my final choice. I drove to Chicago, I met with Rudy Schlocker, president of the company, and for whatever reason, he must have been in a good mood that day. He bought into the circumstance, and it just set off this chain of events, starting with Roger Waters and Dimebag Daryl before he passed. And then it was like Scott Ian and Dan Donegan and then Paul Stanley coming back. And it was one artist after another that we helped create limited runs of their guitars. We sold them with a lot of exclusivity, traveled traveled the globe doing it, um, you know, spending good time with Kiss and their crew and photographing the band for a good period of time. And I mean, just living this amazing life, almost to the point when it was over in 2014, I had no regrets. It was just, I, I couldn't have gotten any luckier than I possibly could have. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, it, I, I love real estate. I love what I do now. I, I love the podcast. Uh, my family's healthy. Everybody's happy. I really got few complaints in this world, to be honest with you. So, so Eric, let me, maybe I'm misunderstanding the concept. So you would buy guitars at a low price and sell them at a high price. That's what I did wrong. Capitalism. That's what I did wrong. I would buy at the high price and then see another guitar I liked. Yeah, that's no fun. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I, I did make, there's a couple of good deals I made throughout the years, but yeah. I was never good at that at all because what I'm, I'm saying thing with you, I would fall in love with the guitar. Like, I, you typically, if I buy something, I, I have it. Like, yep. I don't, not like, you know, in fact, I have some regrets about a couple of. That's why I ended up mm-hmm. getting this thing. Oh, I had, I had one PRS, like, eh? I had one yeah. like this that um, I can I, tell oh, you some stories. Check, te- well, here's the here's the story on the one I on the one I had. Um, it was um, I went down a guitar gallery and I was Vic. like, "What's that?" Yeah, oh, I, went, I yeah. said, "What's that?" I said, "What's in the case?" He goes, "PRS." He says, "He says the guy just returned it. He bought it and his girlfriend tripped." on it and and scratched it with her engagement ring ouch and he put like she put like two really small nicks in it it was it was this car was this guitar was freaking beautiful yeah, yeah. and so like it was like he's like we can't because of the nicks and because it is used i can't sell it for what you know mm-hmm. we couldn't give him like his money back or anything you know so yeah. he's just trying to get the best he can get for it and i got like an absolute killer deal yeah. Um, right on. on it, you know, and um, right I really on. loved it. And I ended up selling it to buy one of these boutique amplifiers <laughs> I have back here. Um, but, I see him. Yeah. So um, I, <laughs> so I, that was the, but, but I missed that guitar after. I do yeah. have another P. I have an old, I have an old, uh, or like, uh, oh, one what is original. that? From, yeah, from 87. Yeah. I have one. Um, what a PRS yeah, 27? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That, and that guitar, I, that's sentimental value to me. I don't want to get rid of, of it course. because. 
because I played all these great gigs with a band I absolutely loved, and we thought we were going to be big rock stars. That's and we were doing the whole thing, and I was in my 20s. And I like, you know, so like it, it reminds me of a super fun time in my life, and I don't want to get rid of it. That's, well, that's, when, the, that's when the necks were amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that's This is one of the ones he's actually signed. Remember back? Is it yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He yeah. actually physically yeah, signed yeah. that one. Yeah. So, so, my, so. my buddy sold number one. He ended up oh. with uh, number one PRS about four or five years ago. Uh, Lee Jackson, uh, Grinning Elk Music down in um, in Nashville and went there and Paul verified it uh, gave some additional oh, documentation wow. but it was Paul, it was PRS number uno wow wait a minute I thought the first one was the one like well you're talking about when they were like came out to buy like because the original ones were given to when it was people a commercially like Sam Fram, yeah, yeah, Sam, was, when it was an official yeah. production guitar okay, I got yeah. you I got you yeah, yeah. Um, okay cool oh. uh, so, so Eric what is um I took some uh, notes oh, here. Oh, look at you. <laughs> Old school. What? What is this podcast all about? I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, uh, again, um, I think it was a matter of uh, my wife and I collectively have uh, five kids, uh, three from her marriage, first marriage, three, uh, two from mine. The kids are all grown now. And by 2018, I think my, our youngest was like a senior in high school. So I, you know, we have this big house, the kids have all set sail. My wife travels, she works for the airline. So I have a lot of time alone and you just can't do real estate 24 seven. At least I can't, I love it, but I can't ingest it 24 seven. Um, and I noticed right away that. Uh, not only was I seeking better conversations in my life, but also I was noticing that the world is talking to screens, you know, kind of like what we're doing tonight. Right. Mm -hmm. But basically everybody's looking at their phone and no one is really having face-to-face -face conversations. And I kept saying to myself, I understand why some of the national podcasts are popular because there's, you know, A and B level guests. I understand all that. But there's a lot of podcasts that are very popular in little niche markets. And why is that? And I came to the conclusion it's because no one or very few people get in the same room and have physical look, you know, look in the eye, have physical mm -hmm. conversations. And I thought it was fascinating. Well, I started doing it in 2019, uh, whether it was local musicians, whether is a national person, whether it was just somebody that was in a field that I dug, mm. very selfish. And I figured I'm going to produce a high quality show and throw it out into the ether with no commercial bent. I don't give a shit if someone listens, if they don't. At that time, there was no sponsors, just didn't care, right? Well, by the end of 2019, it, these numbers that were coming in, both from the audio download and streaming and the video feeds were ridiculous. I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. And then, of course, the pandemic came. And nobody was in the same room, right? Mm -hmm. Except me. I was bringing people in and having face-to-face -face conversations. Well, the pandemic accelerated, you know, the, the, the people's interest in watching other people live their lives or other people have conversations. It's a fascinating study. I mean, when you think about the fact that we're on show 340, in four years of full production video shows, I filmed them with eight cameras with a super high-end audio. Wow. We have to up our game, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying, with super high. So it's a full production, professionally produced show that I edit myself. And, and just being thrown out into the ether, 
And the fact that these unique series I have within the project, we have a UFO show, we have a, a four friends series of people just coming on and talking about life. It makes no sense that there'd be an audience to watch four relative strangers talk about, you know, life, but, but it, for whatever reason, it seems to work. And I, I don't have it figured out guys, but people, the people are looking for commonality, it seems. Mm -hmm. And it just became such a fun endeavor, a fun hobby, so to speak. I just kept doing it. And uh, I'm having a time of my life. I'm 57 years old and I'm living like I'm 30. It's like amazing, totally amazing. Awesome. Uh, and so then what exactly is the name of your podcast? The Eric McKenna Project. The Eric okay. McKenna Pro Project. And I'm sure that can be found in all the podcasty places, Spotify's nice. and all that, all that, nice. all yep. that stuff. Cool. Yep. Very cool. Okay. So we hit the podcast of, oh, um, you kind of touched on this, but in, in with Boogie Street, let's start with Boogie Street. Sure. What was, tell, tell me, okay, tell me. Okay. I've got two different ways I can go with this. I think I think this will be better. I think it'll be more entertaining. Um, tell me a funny or uncomfortable story or thing that happened in that. Probably something related to one of the people you ended up working. Oh with. Oh my god! Know? How many? Sure. I can't tell you how many. Then, uh, if you don't have, you don't have. If so... you don't want to name somebody's name, it's okay. <laughs> I got. That. Oh no, no, I have no problem with it. Uh, so. Early on, we were making guitars for um, the guitar player for a band called Black Label Society. Oh, right. BLS, yeah, sure. Zach, sure. Zach Wilde's yeah, band. Course, yeah. mm -hmm. And this would have been like the early 2003s and 4s. So his rhythm guitar player was a kid in Pittsburgh called Nick Catanese was yep. his name. Mm -hmm. So Nick, through Nick, I ended up meeting who ended up someone, one of my best friends, Fred Koalo, who's the guitar tech. He's been a guitar tech for Zach and for Ozzy Osbourne, for uh, for Megadeth, and for Anthony. He's, he's been like this litany of bands he's worked for. And he's currently Nikki Six's space tech. So Fred's kind of was he was Fred was always there with me at Boogie Street and is a frequent guest on the podcast as well. But back in the day when I first met Nick Catney's, Nick introduced me to Fred, and the two of them introduced me to Zach. Wow. So Washburn had this crazy idea. They were going to try to steal Zach Wilde off of Gibson, which was never going to happen. Uh... But it was an idea, right? <clears throat> so I got invited to this Black Label Society gig at OzFest in 2005. And Fred Koalo said, Eric, I'm warning you. You know, you're gonna meet Zach for the first time. I toured with Zach. Let me give you some let me give you a couple of pointers here. Number one, don't let him put you in a bear hug. And if you do oh. and he does come at you, hold your breath as long as you can. You know, because at that time mm -hmm. he doesn't bathe very often when they're on tour, oh. they're in that bus, you know, the drill. He also said, whatever you do, if Zach wants you to drink a beer out of the Viking horn, do not do it under any circumstances. Don't let him give you the Viking horn. Don't drink ale or a Sierra pale ale out of the Viking horn. So, uh -huh. so 
a month or two earlier, they gave me the, the colors, the Black Label Society vest. So here I am in this Ralph Lauren polo shirt, <laughs> jeans and dress shoes with this Black Label Society motorcycle vest on. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking around with a, an aluminum briefcase behind, backstage at OzFest with all the with all the bands. It was, it was just nuts. So Zach called me Boogeyman. That was my nickname for Boogie Street. Hey, Boogeyman. So he calls me over. First off, he gives me a bear hug. He almost yeah. choked the life out of me. <laughs> and then he drags me on the bus with him. Let's have a drink. Let's Uh-oh. drink. You know, I'm like, okay, great. And of course, here comes the Viking horn, right? Mm-hmm. The idea behind the Viking horn was it never gets washed. Kind of like everything else on the bus. It just <laughs> never gets washed. And the naturally, the beer would ferment in there. Nice. And I was warned. I was warned. Whatever you do, don't drink out of the Viking horn. So, of course, I didn't want to take a drink, and Zach kind of just literally poured it down my throat. And naturally, for about four days after that, I could not get off the shitter. I was absolutely sick beyond belief because this fermented garbage in this Viking horn, I I literally thought I was going to go to the hospital. I was deathly ill. And I was warned. And I was warned. So... But it's Zach yeah, Wild. When Zach Wild moment. comes at you with the Viking horn, like, like it's okay. kind of hard to say no. You know what I mean? I, don't 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 beat yourself up, buddy. Right. I mean, like I think that like any of us would yeah, probably all yeah. drink, end up drinking from it. No, I'm not supposed to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a hairy moment for sure. I mean, there were so many good moments. Uh, oh. I don't I don't know if this really classifies as a crazy moment, but like just uh, you know. Having Paul Stanley as a childhood idol, and then finally getting a chance yeah, to work right. with him, and the first time I met him was uh, the Live to Win tour, the solo tour in, in 2006 here in Pittsburgh, and I'm back there, and I'm supposed to meet with him before the show for a good 20 minutes to introduce what we're doing, but also talk a little business. And I literally walk in the door with a couple of gifts. I we had some guitars to give him to show him the kind of work we did. I could not get my fucking words out. I could not get, I could not, I mean, I, I could not speak. And had Fred Koala not been with me to smack me on the back a couple of times to wake me the hell up. And it was, it was a little bit on the humiliating side, but I mean, I, you know, there were so many good times, guys. I, 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 I couldn't have been any more fortunate, you know? I mean, cool. I mean, it wasn't all uh, peaches and cream all the time. We, we, we lost Dimebag Daryl tragically in 2004 right. in December and and the whole year prior to that I had I was up to my ears in dime bag guitars I mean my office in Pittsburgh had a couple hundred of them there wow. you know and and we had and then he decides to go to Dean guitars he leaves Washburn right in the middle of me doing all this stuff and then tragically two months later he gets taken from us mm. in a horrible way just a lot of I mean so there were there were some dark moments as well but when I look back on the 15 years, I mean, I couldn't have been any more fortunate, really. I mean, I, I, I didn't deserve half the blessings that I got out of that, that horror deal. Wow. So, wow. what an experience, man. Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely had a, you know, a fun ride. It sounds like the ride is still going. Um, before we move on with the next segment, why don't you go ahead and tell, um, everybody out there in podcast land, like how to keep up with you, where to find your stuff sure. so they can know what's going on. Yeah, no worries. Um, I can always be reached at ericmckenna.com. And of course, we relaunched boogiestreet.com. We we sold and marketed so much of our swag 
uh, every road crew that any band we ever worked with and all the fans would wear them. It, it was just insane. We'd go to a Kiss show and I look out in the audience and I see all these Boogie Street shirts in the audience. I mean, Paul said to me one time, he goes, it's a little unsettling when I go out there and I see more <laughs> Boogie Street shirts in the first couple of roads and I, I see Kiss stuff. What the hell are nice. you doing? But but anyways, there's a, we've always been asked since we closed, is there a way to get these shirts? And, you know, I'm like, well, if you can find them out there, you can buy them on resale. But we decided to to reissue them and uh, give 20% of the proceeds to St. Jude's. That was something we always kind of did anyways with some of our guitars and so forth. And right out of the gate, I mean, two months ago, we made the announcement. We opened up this little Shopify store and like, it's just exploded. I've reordered like three times already. So wow. I'm just humbled by that. We're, we're a business that went out of business, right. you know, 10 years ago, but the, but there's something cultish about the Boogie Street Guitars brand. Cool. Um, we got a, Eric, Uh-oh, you froze. froze. Oh, oh, you froze he's, back. Raph, he's back. You froze for a second. You're good. All right, cool. Uh, Eric, um, well, you're welcome to hang out with us. We're going to move on sure. with the podcast. You're welcome to hang out for a little bit or as long as you want. Yep. We'll be here for a little while. Um, if you got to go, I, it's totally fine. It's all cool. No, I'm uh, good. Can hang out for a while. Okay, cool, cool man. Okay, we're going to go ahead and mute you. Uh, okay, uh, Bill Damiano from buildthescene.com has popped in. Bill, hey, Bill, it's good to see you. Hello, Bill. Oh, and FYI, guys, um, yes, the Zoom folks are always louder. Bill, you're louder. Chris, when you talk, you're louder. That just, I, sorry, it's a techn- technical thing that I have not figured out yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I will get control over it, but, it, you know, just when we mix it, because... It gets recorded. It's a podcast. <clears throat> it gets recorded. We we equalize all of all the volumes, and everybody sounds appropriate. So, except for me, I we're, of, we're not we, appropriate we're ne- at all. we never sound appropriate. No. <clears throat> so, okay, guys, we are going to go ahead and get into today's topic, okay. which is so. So last week we talked about the satanic panic, and um, I just thought, like, well, let's just you know. Equal time. Equal time. We'll just yeah. we'll flip over here. <clears throat> so there are, believe it or not, there are a lot of songs that reference God, mm-hmm. Jesus, even Krishna. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. That um, not all of them are inspirational. Some no. of them are more cynical type songs. We're going to talk about a black. We're going to comp- uh, talk about two Black Sabbath songs oh <clears throat> later my. on in the, in the podcast. Oh, that's crazy. But I would like to go ahead and get started here, uh, Mr. Pittsburgh. Uh, yes. What do you have on yes. your list? You want to yes. you want to yes. drop one for us? Yeah, we'll get into it. Sure. Now, uh, <clears throat> for those who don't know, Lou and I went to a Christian high school. We were born again Christians back in the day. We there was at one point in our life where all we listened to was Christian rock and roll. Now, and by the way, this is not a podcast about. Christian no, rock, no, like I'm just that, giving you a little are, background. But yeah, exactly. We give you a little background. So uh, one of the artists we listened to was a fellow by the name of Larry Norman. Uh, Larry released an album called uh, Streams of White Light into Darkened Corners, in which he and his friend uh, Randy Stonehill remade a lot of these songs that had Jesus and stuff like that. Um, and one of the songs that he redid was a song called Spirit in the Sky which was released by a fellow by the name of Norman Greenbaum, which was really funny. There's a Jewish guy singing about Jesus. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now, we're going to fast forward. Hadn't heard this song, hadn't heard Larry's version, hadn't heard Norman's version 
in years. And then I start working at this kitchen that I'm working at now in a restaurant. And it seems, I don't know why, but it seems like everybody's playlist has Spirit in the Sky to the point where, yeah, there it is. I, I'm just like, you know, I'm almost like the Big Lebowski is like, I fucking hate Norman Greenbaum, right? <laughs> Um, so anyway, a little bit about the song. It was released in 1969. Uh, the album is called Spirit in the Sky. Uh, Norman Greenbaum. Yes, yes. Here's a little taste of it right now. This is the original. This is not Larry. Fuzz. There's Fuzz. Fuzz. Uh, about love fuzz. Off Who fuzz. is Norman? Do you have any background on Norman? Let's take a look, shall we? Is Norman still with us? Mr. N. Norman is still with us. 80 years old. Whoa! Wow! Congratulations, Norman. That's the wrong. Sorry, that's the wrong sound. Sorry, Norman. Norm, we're so sorry. Sorry, sorry, buddy. Sorry. sorry. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Wikipedia says uh, he is primarily known for his 1969 song Spirit in the Sky. So, there you go. There you go. Still alive. Still alive. Still kicking up. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, one of those songs that, uh, you know, it's a big, famous song, but I, I don't think he was really trying to kind of tell us anything. No, no not really. You know, spiritual, per se. I think it was just a kind of, uh, let me do this real quick. I didn't realize, Spirit. Yeah, let me just see if we can get a little bit more background on this. I'm sure, quietly sure, sure. curious yeah, about yeah. it. Now I'm kind of wondering, yeah. As yeah. for uh, reference to God or the Holy Spirit, which are really one and the same, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Christians believe that they will meet when they arrive at the pearly gates. Norman said, uh, if you ask me what I based Spirit in the Sky on, what did we grow up watching? Westerns. These mean and nasty varmints get shot and they wanted to die with their boots on. So to me, that was spiritual. They wanted to die with their boots on. So that's kind of for whatever reason. Uh, so that was the trigger that uh, the, the interviewer asked. So that was the trigger that got you to write the song. And I was like, yes, that was the song. It's The song itself was simple. When you're writing a song, you keep it simple, of course. It wasn't like a Christian song of praise. It was just a simple song. I had to use Christianity because I had um, I had to use something. But more important, it wasn't the Jesus part. It was the spirit in the sky. Funny enough, I wanted to die with my boots on. Well, Norm, good luck with that. Keep you're, those boots on, dude, because you're, you're still here. You're still kicking it. So. Yeah, 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 exactly. Said he wrote the song in 15 minutes. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a pretty simple song, and it's very catchy. Uh, here, uh, Greenbaum, ex- he explains that uh, you got to be friends with Jesus, also known as the Son of God, so that he recommends for you a place in heaven when the time comes. Mm-hmm. By this, he means that one must follow the teachings of Jesus. I think, don't, according to the interview we just, no, Mr. Pittsburgh, no, no. like, like, like well, I mean, I think that that is the sort of idea of the song, but he really wasn't thinking that deep into right. it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, um, this is <laughs> um, the 
Third verse, uh, it's the belief that humans are born sinners, and in order to get in heaven, they must repent and uh, receive forgiveness of their sins. A lot of them say, we are all sinners and we're born sinners. How dare you? Green Bob told the, Green <laughs> Bob told the New York Times in 2006. Okay, so what do I know? Sanford and Son was written by Jews. What did they know about being black? <laughs> right? <laughs> so in other words, I heard Joe Strummer say this one time. He said, sometimes the best... Sometimes the best writing is not is is like the fantasy element. You don't know what it's mm-hmm. like, so you rom- romanticize it. Right. Um, and he says, like a lot of the best cowboy songs are written by Jews <laughs> from New York City. Yeah, exactly. They had <laughs> so writing, that idea yeah. that you are, uh, you know, fantasizing, you know, romanticizing the old West or what it's like when maybe it wasn't like that at all. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So there's that uh, element to what he's talking about here. Spirit in the sky. OK, I want to get All into. Right. So <clears throat> this is a um, a song that I grew up hearing yes. a lot in the 19. Uh, well, this is from the 1970s. 70s. Yeah. yeah. But um, has been remade, remade by a lot mm-hmm. of different artists. It was. um Written in nineteen, uh, rec- uh, written in nineteen sixty-five, originally uh, recorded by Art Reynolds. Uh, mm. Jesus is just all right. It's a gospel mm-hmm, song mm-hmm. written by Art Reynolds um, from the album "Tell It Like It Is." The song's title makes use of the American slang term "all right," which during the sixties was used to describe something that was considered cool yeah, or man, very it's good. All right. It's all right. <laughs> Uh, the song has been covered by a number of bands and artists over the years, including the Birds. Uh, I've never heard their version. Underground Sunshine, mm-hmm. the Doobie Brothers. Sure. Of course, that's the most. I think that's the most yeah, recognized well one. Yeah. yeah, well known. Alexis Corner and uh, the Ventures. DC Talk, sure. Striper. Of course, so a couple of Christian bands in there. Uh, Sheila McDonald and Rob and this guy right oh, here. I love this guy. Yeah, and and this is this is probably currently. My favorite version of it. Let's give a little bit of okay. listen to Ra- uh, Robert Randolph yeah. with a guy you may from England you may have heard of named Eric Clapton. There he is. That pedal steel. Exactly. Fucking awesome. Did he do this when we saw him? No. 
They didn't do it? No. Okay. no. Then maybe that album hadn't come out yet, but we did get to see uh, yeah, Robert yeah, Randolph and, uh, and the family band. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. Very it was cool. very cool. Uh, so, all right. So, do you, how many guys remember um, in the about 1980? This, 79, maybe 78, oh, this, yes. these rumors mm. started circulating uh-huh. that none other than. Rock's original folk hero, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, yes. had gotten saved. Yeah. Uh, became a born again Christian. Mm-hmm. And see, people were like, no, that, that can't be true. You know, that's, that's not true. Well, guess what? Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> he released in 1979 uh, Slow Train coming which is a collection of christian gospel mm-hmm. songs now you might say well that's you know um you know that you know that's a you know a, a short period in his life you know it's not uh anything that uh important but the industry begs to differ with you because yeah. he won Grammy right for rock vocal of the year um this album contains some very uh just I mean totally direct not even uh n- nothing uh what's the word I want you, 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 nothing vague right <laughs> you know, right yeah it's right know, out it, there it's right out yeah, there yeah. um with with the with the lyrics, the meanings mm-hmm, of the songs, mm-hmm. and everything like that, uh, I want to give you some uh, song titles here. Gotta serve somebody. Duh. Precious angel. Mm-hmm. I believe in you. There Slow you go. train. Yep. Uh, gonna change my way of thinking. Do uh, do right to me, baby. Do unto others. Mm. There you are. When you gonna wake up? A man gave name to all the animals. That That's a super fun song. That is. That could be like a song. It was one of the songs that came out. It was like. You could sing it like in Sunday yeah, school. Yeah. Like it has like yep. like those kind of lyrics. It's like really crazy. <laughs> you know? Then freaking Bob Dylan. It was funny. Puts I, this um, out. Puts this out. Puts these. Puts, uh, yeah. Produced by Jerry Wexler. There's a great. Um, in there's a documentary uh, about Jerry Wexler, and he talks about where he's interviewing. He talks about Bob Dylan and about them recording this album, and you know. Bob tried to, okay, you know, tried not to convert Jerry, but mm-hmm. tried to sort of like, the Christian term is witness right. to Jerry. Yes. And um, Jerry was like, man, I'm Jewish. But <laughs> well, so is Bob. Yeah, and Bob's like, uh, uh, Okay, so? and he's like, and so he's like, I'm really not. And so he says, he says, Bob was very cool. He didn't push anything on right, me. Right. He just sort of presented it to me, and I said, <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, but it was Jerry Wexler who brought Mark Knopfler in to play guitar on this. Oh, wow. And um, M- uh, Mark Knopfler's guitar playing, uh, This, in, in fact, this is some of my... Um, um, yeah. Favorite uh, work by uh, Mark Knopfler. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 really cool. So let's just take a give a quick listen to a little bit of "Serve Somebody." Very kind of haunting. Mm-hmm. Great mm-hmm. album cover too. Yep. You may be an embarrassment. 
I mean, Bob Dylan, one of the biggest icons of classic rock, um, you know, the, the, the um, John Hammond searched for years for the next Bob Dylan. I mean, he was just completely obsessed mm. with it. And that's why he ended up signing Bruce Springsteen, because he was like, this is the next Bob Dylan. I mean, Bob Dylan was the standard. So it's really interesting that um, he has this period. I mean, yeah. Bob Dylan is one of the, uh, one of rocks, like most interesting characters. He's got a really crazy life. There's some great documentaries out there. You can, uh, check out, um, for yourself. Um, this is a, uh, from, uh, vocal media, 20 great gospel songs by Bob Dylan. I love this song so much. And it's probably one of those songs where we can universally agree that the arrangement is perfect. Love the way the song builds up slowly, has a classic gospel sound. Bob Dylan's singing voice is at its top quality and has a soulful edge without uh, doing the song itself. The backing singers coming in later is brilliant, the way to hold up the song. You have the lyrics and the beat keep the dark philosophical atmosphere rolling along. Again, it doesn't matter whether you're talking about Bob Dylan or not. When you mention gospel music, it would be impossible not to mention this song as one of the best of its kind. So it is it is it is a classic gospel song um and I believe that it has it has yes, it has a life of its own um and has been covered by a lot of different uh, people, Shirley Caesar, Willie Nelson, Natalie Cole, Pop Staples, Etta James, Aaron Neville, Mavis Staples, Eric Burden, Judy Collins. So, you know, it big, big song. <laughs> it's like, yeah. God, like a total Christian in your face. I am. Um, I got to see him right after Save, the second Christian album was released, and uh, Siri Mosk, of course. And uh, it was very interesting because he refused to play any of any of his previous secular stuff. And I remember it was like people were like booing him and, oh, and whatnot. Man. Yeah, it was terrible. And he started playing the chords to like a Rolling Stone, and people started cheering. He's like, "No, I can't do that." <laughs> and he launched into one of his other songs. Uh, people did get up and leave, but it was a great show. It sounded great. The songs were great. But uh, yeah, do you that, remember who the touring band was? I cannot remember. Was in there? We got, I, I, got, I don't know if on the top of my head if um, Mark toured with him or not. I do yeah. know that on a lot of the record, this is guitar nerd stuff. Uh, Mark chose to use a Telecaster instead of his signature Stratocaster Strat sound. So yeah. it isn't the typical Mark Knopfler spanky uh, Stratocaster mm -hmm. type sound that we're sort of all used to. Right. Um, Okay, wait a minute. Who, who's Bill? Bill Damiano's talking. Uh, hey, okay. Other oh, Chris and Bill are having a private conversation. Oh, are they now? Yes. You sorry, guys go we, right ahead. Sorry to bother well, we, you. We know, should we stop so you guys can talk? Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. 
Um, one of one of my favorite songs of this period is uh, it's uh, it's closes the album Shot of Love. It's called Every Grain of Sand. Um, this is whether you be, this is one of them songs that like you could be like I don't believe in God, but you kind of do by the end of this song. Mm-hmm. It is so beautiful and so touching and gives you this feeling that like that like you're going to be okay. There's something bigger out there that like you can fall into that will be there for you. Whether you believe in it or not, I don't even understand how, how he does it, but this is one of these very touching, very, very beautiful songs. Uh, I'm not going to play it for you now. I would encourage you to go check it out for yourself. Mr. Pittsburgh, do you have something so, else you'd like to add or another nope, song nope, you want to bring up? I'm ready for the next song. What's the next song? Like. Next song is uh, a friend of the show. <laughs> you know that's not true, but I'm going to say it anyway, um, which is One of Us by Joan Osborne. So, One of Us is a song by American singer Joan Osborne for her debut studio album, Relish, in 1995. It was written by Eric Brazilian of the Hooters, fellow Pennsylvanian. Ah, that's right. I forgot yes, that he wrote yes, this. Yeah. Yes. You know, there's another song that we could talk about talking about the Hooters, but go ahead. Oh, my. All right. Uh, song was released November 21st, 1995 as Osborne's debut single and the lead single from Relish, and it became a hit in November of that year, peaking at number four on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100s and earning three Grammy nominations. Okay, let's go ahead and give it a like kind of a listen here. Sure, why not? Great guitar work. Yeah, I always I love, love that guitar love at the beginning. Tone. Starts with a guitar solo, like right. I, automatically, right. it's yeah. awesome. Automatically, a plus in my book. band is Joan Osborne, of course, on lead vocals. Mm-hmm. Eric Bazillion. Mm-hmm. Man, he made, I bet he made got paid a bazillion dollars, dollars to play dude. on this. Yeah. <laughs> on guitars and background yeah, vocals yeah. and electric piani. Mm-hmm. Mark Egan on bass, uh, Rob Hyman uh, drums, and Mellotron and background vocals. And William Whiteman Whitman, uh, who did the uh, engineered this bad boy. Uh, I don't know many other Joan Osborne things. Um, but I, I, I do I do have this album, but I couldn't tell you the rest of the record. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> the song deals with various aspects of belief in an anthropomorphic God by asking questions, inviting the listener to consider how one might relate to such a God. For example, what would you call... Will you call God's name to his face? 
Would you want to see his face? If seeing meant that you have to believe in all this heaven and Jesus stuff. The album version starts off with the first four lines of a recording recording titled The Airplane Ride, made on October 27, 1937, by American Alex Alan Lomax and his wife Elizabeth. Uh, So there's a little thing, which I did, I was playing in the background, I didn't really... um, uh, Eric Bazilian, who wrote, I believe, yes, he wrote, he wrote the song, mm-hmm. um, played guitar on it. He said, I wrote the song one night, the quickest song I ever wrote to impress a girl, which worked wow. because we're married right. and we have two kids. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, you listen to the lyrics and figure it out for yourself. <laughs> um, I want to talk about this song it okay. was not on my list but since we mentioned the hooters uh-huh oh that and is this song one. is definitely yeah, got yeah lyrical uh got got religious overtones mm-hmm. and it is all you zombies yes starts out with a very long instrumental thing very mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. we're 30 seconds into it so there's no lyrics So right away he tells the story of Moses. Right, right, right up, right off the top. Uh, it's a song written by American rock band The Hooters, written uh, by the band's founding members Eric Bazilian and Rob Hyman. Uh, it was first recorded live and released in 1982. It was sub- sub- subsequently included on the band's debut album Amore, and an extended version of the song was included on their second album Nervous Night. Mm, interesting. This version was released as a single in '85 and reached number 58. On the Billboard Hot 100, it also charted within the top 20 in Germany, New Zealand, but was most successful in Australia, where it reached mm. number eight on the charts. Um, influenced by reggae music, mm-hmm. uh, Bazilian said the band was working on different uh, song when the idea just came to him like a vision. The band members dropped their work on the other song and finished All You Zombies that night. Uh, his partner, uh, Rob Hyman, believed the song to be the fastest they had written uh, that was of any quality. So not much about the uh, uh, He told the Chicago Times In 85 that he didn't know the meaning Of the song despite having written it People ask Hmm. what it's about The weird thing is we didn't consciously put Any like heavy stuff in there Hyman later told Song Facts uh, The biblical images including Moses and Noah Were not part of any agenda Though some radio stations refused to play it I love songs like that You listen and every time you hear uh, kind of wonder, and you kind of wonder what's going on. The song has no connection to the 1958 Robert A. Heinlein story, All You Zombies. Um, right. When I heard it, my sort of thought was these are metaphors. He's using, right. he's reaching for like the, you know, kind of for, um, this isn't a, the perfect uh, uh, analysis, but kind of like kind of what Joseph Campbell or uh, Carl Jung would say about the story of Noah or the story of Moses. You're looking at it more allegorically, get trying to get more to the like what it means to somebody on a personal level, not necessarily trying to promote the idea that, um, you know, these are like 
history or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not here to offend your sensibilities if you are a religious person, but I'm just talking about this song in particular. Exactly. Um, and 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 they're great images. It's Sting, by the way, has a song, and where am I? Because we could go on and on and on. Has a song called "Rock Steady," which is about Noah's Ark. Oh, it's all about Noah's Ark. It's just fascinating, interesting. It's just interesting imagery. It's it is a story that like is like world famous. So if you mm-hmm. write a song and it's not really a religious song, it doesn't have a uh, um. Uh, it, it's not preaching anything. Right, um, right, right. In right. fact, the song is kind of, um, I'm going to go ahead and give you a second of it. Um, tongue in cheek isn't the right word. It's kind of cute. So it's kind of cutesy. Oh. So let's go ahead and listen. It's from Nothing Like the Sun. Still playing with guys like Daryl Jones and Just a quick, in case you didn't pick it up, saw an ad in the newspaper that caught my eye. I said to my baby, this sounds like a ticket for you and I. I said, it said volunteers wanted for a very special trip to commune with Mother Nature on a big wooden ship. We took a taxi to the river in case any places were free. There was an old guy with a beard and every kind of creature as far as the eye could see. Mm. This old guy was the boss. He said, I won't tell you no lie. But there's more to this journey than is apparent to the eye. Mm-hmm. He said he heard God's message on the radio. It was going to rain forever, and he told him to go. I'll protect you all. Don't worry. I'll be a father to you all. I'll save two of every animal, no matter how small. But I'll need some assistance to look after the zoo. I can't see nobody better, so you'll just have to do. I said, just tell me something before it's too late and we're gone. I mean, just how safe is this boat we're on? <laughs> it's rock steady. Rock steady. So, um, and it goes on. It's been yeah, rain course, for 40 yeah. days and yeah. 40 long nights. So it's a cutesy little ditty where he just took something that, you know, ev- everybody in Western civilization is, is familiar, familiar with. with the story yep, of Noah's yep. Ark and knows what it is. Pretty clever yep, and made a kind yep. of cutesy um, little ditty about it. Not preaching ditty. anything. Right. You know, just to kind of fun. And it is, you know, I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, when I, uh, here's how old I am. Uh, I remember when Arco gas stations were giving away. <gasps> Do you remember away the, holy the cow, Noah's I totally Ark. I forgot about that. The Noah's Ark. And you would go each time and they would give you the different animals. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. I was really small. I, wow. I don't know if Eric remembers that or not. Um, we're around the same age. But, um, you know, holy I was always pissed, that. though, because I kept missing 
the arc itself. I couldn't yeah. get the arc, yeah. but yeah. I had like a bunch of the. Anyways, that wow, I digress. That's so um, crazy. let's let's switch it up. Let's move to uh, something a little bit more. Um, I don't know, something else. What something you guys, else, you know, new. these guys are um, were one of my favorite bands. Uh, yes, they have done douchey things <laughs> in the past. In you know, in the, in the his, you can't do a music career right for as long as bands like this have done without having some things that, sure. that you maybe aren't so proud of. Yes, uh, the band is U two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the song God Part Two. It's the 14th track from U2's 1988 Rattle and Hum. Mm-hmm. Okay, d- d- 14th track. Rattle and Hum is a double album, right? Okay. Yeah. So and some of go. it's live, so that's why there's that's yeah. why it sounds like 14 tracks. Uh, the song <laughs> features a number of contradictory verses poking fun at John Lennon's God song. John uh, Lennon's so, song, God. Yes, yes. U2 viewed Lennon as uh, a hypocritical since he simultaneously enjoyed and rejected the fame and wealth that came with being a star. At the same time, U2 are also identifying with Lennon. Bono, in particular, uh, held Lennon in very high regards mm-hmm. artistically, while the song has, uh, 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 as a whole, pokes fun at one of Lennon's songs. Bono is also identifying with Lennon to a degree in defending him. Um, the song goes on to comment on the evolution and importance of music. Okay. Uh, I don't. Be- uh, let's take it real quick. Uh, I don't believe the devil. I don't believe his book. But the truth is not the same without the lies he made up. Don't believe in excess. Success is to give. I don't believe in riches, but you should see where yeah, I live. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in forced entry. I don't believe in rape, but every time she passes by, wild thoughts escape. <laughs> don't believe in death row, skid row, or the gangs. Don't believe in the Uzi that just went off in my hand. I I believe in love. Um, I I mm. think this song you could you could pl- put it alongside of the uh, one of us song because mm-hmm. one of us is a song that explores like different aspects of like us in our relationship to the divine or whatever. Right. And I think what um, what uh, Bono is getting at here is like the sort of the Jungian idea of the duality of man. Okay. You know what I mean? We have, yeah, we have okay. the devil, right? Well, that's it. I mean, I don't have to say it. I'm exactly. quoting, I'm quoting Stanley Kubrick. Exactly. Um, uh, you know, we are, you know, we, I don't believe in, uh, um, talks about like not believing in violence and all this stuff. He says, but then, then I, but I also don't believe in the Uzi, but it right. just went off but my just hand. Went off my hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't believe in cocaine. Got a speedball in my head. I could cut and crack you open. Did you hear what I said? So, again, this sort of idea. And then he, and each each verse ends with, I believe in love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. I don't believe in the 60s, the golden age of pop. You glorify the past when the future dries up. Boy, is that some words mm-hmm. maybe aren't that aren't mm-hmm. very true mm-hmm. right now with everybody going like, music is dead, there's no good music, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Is that what they say? They say that? Yeah, that's wow. it. and they sound just like that too. I'm, I know, I'm, it's yes, really I'm weird. doing a perfect imitation, a perfect thing, person, that's impersonation. A, a crazy. Impersonation, absolutely. Yes, yes. Um... With where we are, where are we here? Right, we are going uh, to close this. Yeah, we're going to close. I want to talk about uh, just a couple of things. Um, we're going to uh, my sweet lord by George Harrison. You should sure. check that out. Sure. Um, check out the gospel songs of Tom Waits. I'm a massive oh, Tom yes, Waits song, yes. and he has a whole bunch of gospel songs, and they're fucking great. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of songs I wish they would sing, actually sing in churches because they're like mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, way, way down in a hole is one of my favorites. Got to keep the devil way down in a hole. Um, but th- th- I want to end with Black Sabbath. 
Okay. Black Sabbath is... Um, but aren't they a devil band? They're one of them devil worshipers, <laughs> ain't they? Oh, Cletus, oh, I think we better get the Holy Ghost up in here. Um, after Forever, and mm-hmm. I put the links, you can listen to these songs. I'm not going to play them. After Forever and uh, uh, sick, uh, God, God is Dead, question mark. Okay. okay. After Forever is this great... Um, song it's on Masters of Reality. Mm-hmm. Ozzy singing. Okay. And um, <laughs> what the interesting thing about Sabbath is that whenever there's something to do with God in a Sabbath song, God always wins. Yeah. You know, people you don't seem to, to realize to war, that. Listen yeah. to the lyrics to War Pigs, right? Exactly. Uh, whenever Geezer, Geezer Butler. Uh, uh, try to get to try to get away from satanic satanic images and express his faith mm-hmm. in God. It was ne- uh, it was just never right. Like many things concerning faith, where uh, the context of the church is missing. After forever was labeled as blasph- blasphemy by the church, and Satanists were mad at Black Sabbath for running over to God. So he didn't even please anybody. He pissed off the Satanists mm-hmm. and he pissed off the church. What are you going to do? The message of the song is a bit confusing and contradictory. Had Geezer expressed an ironic rejection of organized religion, or rather created a spiritual re? Uh, assurance for a band that was haunted by death threats and curses. Mm. Uh, Ozzy sings of having seen the light and truth and having changed his life in order to not belong to the group of people who are lonely and scared at the end of our days. Mm-hmm. He condemns those who don't recognize that God is the only way to love or those who are scared at being laughed at if they show it openly. The song concludes with a roaring thunder at Judgment Day. I think it was true. It was people like you that crucified Christ. In 1990, Ozzy answered uh, uh, the, the Gretchen, I don't know who Gretchen, mm. Uh, in an interview and said, I believe in God. I don't believe in the devil. I am a no worshiper of Satan. My kids do not hang from the ceiling while sleeping in the attic. No, no. Uh, okay. So, so that sort of puts the, puts the kibosh yeah, on that right. with the, with Sabbath and the devil. Uh, there's a really good documentary on YouTube. You should watch where these, they were so frustrated that they had this thing, but they were already out. They, they had the, I can't remember what it was. It was another band. They had to change the name. Um, and, uh, there was, they were called something else. Mm. Apologize. I should know this. Uh, what happened was know. there was another band that had that name. They were, they were like, their record was getting ready to come out. They're like shit. Okay. Well, we wrote a song called black Sabbath. We'll just call the band black Sabbath. Yeah. So they, so they changed the name to black Sabbath and this sort of like haunted <laughs> them ever since. It's the originals. But Geezer Butler was, uh, was actually, is a, you know, he's a pretty strong faith in God. He's not, he's not, you know, into Satan at all. And he wrote, writes a lot of their lyrics. Um, uh, but they, this, this like thing followed, followed them around. It's a really funny story about them in the early days getting booked at this, uh, fundraiser this charity event at a catholic school yeah and <laughs> um wow. in this documentary the the promoters are interviewed and when ozzy comes out on stage to start the set he's got a giant cross like it's a silver cross it's huge mm-hmm. on his chest and one of the friars looks over at the, one of the promoters and says finally you hired uh, a christian <laughs> band there you go <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah. So the, it's a very, very interesting. The other song by them that uh, is, I think, um, 
really Im- important in, in terms of um, the, the sort of spiritual thing. Believe it or not, Sabbath at times can be poignant. They can mm-hmm. they can say things that can really make you think. Um, is the song that this was released on the album that they did with Rick Rubin in 2013. Uh, God is dead with a question mark. Mm. Lost in the darkness, I fade from the light. Faith of my father, my brother, my maker and savior. Help me make it through the night. Blood on my conscience and murder on my mind. Out of the gloom, I rise up from my tomb into impending doom. Now my body is my shrine. The blood runs free. The rain turns red. Give me the wine. You keep the bread. The voices echo in my head. Is God alive or is God dead? Is God dead? Um, one mm-hmm. of the, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this is, the, isn't this the argument? You know, right. you, you hear all right. the time people say, well, if, if, if God was real and all that, why, why is why this happening? This why happen? why yeah. is that yeah. happening? Why is that? And that's what they are just postulating. Mm-hmm. It was not Black Sabbath. It was Nietzsche that <laughs> yeah. said that God is dead. <laughs> Okay, exactly. so just calm down out there before you start, you know, Simmer down. You know burning, burning Aussie albums, or whatever, <laughs> whatever you're going to do. Uh, yeah. God, spirituality, Jesus mm-hmm. specifically mentioned in tons and tons of rock music. Yes. Uh, over the over the decades still happening. There's a song by um, Soundgarden from, well, okay. Shanghai, this is not new. Apologize. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ Pose. You know, uh, your own personal Jesus. Right. You know, there's, there's tons more we could, we could, we could definitely talk about. And there's also songs that have been reinterpreted to have more of a spiritual meaning um, than probably did in, in the original, mm-hmm. uh, originally. Like, for instance, when Johnny Cash remade Hurt, Right by Nine Inch Nails, it like yeah, his yeah. version is something about it that has a yeah. more spiritual exactly. kind of. De- I don't know, devotional is maybe not the right word, but kind of a more spiritual kind of feel about yeah. it. All of a sudden, the oh, lyrics definitely. kind of yeah. mean something a little bit different. A little to bit you different because you know yeah. that you know Johnny Cash is this weird like cowboy hippie dope smoking Christian. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. You know what I mean? He's like, there will never be another Johnny Cash. Exactly. He's like, he's like, just one of those guys. You know, we, we, you know, we talk about this all the time growing up in the golden age of music. Mm-hmm. You know, there'll mm-hmm. never be another Johnny Cash. There'll never be another Lemmy. Right. You know, there's just certain guys who are just so, like, what? There'll be never be another Prince. You know, right. they just like there's these guys, and we go on and on and on. But um, you know, the Johnny Cash, the way he interpreted that song, just the way he performed it, what he brought to it, kind of brings out a spirituality mm-hmm. that you go like. Oh, 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 I never okay. really thought of a song right. that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that rockers are interested. Why not? We're all sure. interested in that. I mean, Heck people yeah. love to talk about, well, what is the meaning of life? And, you know, what happens after we die? And, uh, you know, how should we live? And, and, and mm-hmm. that sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, people are fascinated by that. I mean, there's tons and tons of things. I mean, all the way from, like, people who are serious Christians to people who are, you know, kind of like, well, no, you know, you know, it was all aliens or whatever. Whatever. I mean, yeah. it just shows that the interest that people have. People are thinking we, about people it. People are thinking about exactly. it. So why not? Why not? It's part, it's, sure. part of our, it's part of our experience. And rockers are going to want to uh, want to explore it as yes. well. Um, speaking of exploring things real yes. quick you want to check yes. out wolf's customs check them out for some great Wolfie. custom artwork uh on your musical instrument please uh visit 
buildthescene.com. Build the Scene is not a sponsor, but Bill's on. We're going to say, hey, uh, don't forget Eric, too. Eric oh, uh, yeah. McKenna, we had Eric on at the beginning of the podcast. So please check out uh, ericmckenna.com and Boogie Street Guitars, all kind of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, before we're, we're just about run, uh, out of here, but there's a couple things we want to do real quick. Each week we try to bring you something new in music yeah because it's so exhausting everybody going like so much stuff yeah out there's, there. there's oh, no new oh, music man. nobody putting on anything good <laughs> open um, your eyes. i love this i i couldn't believe that this is a just came out and i, I you know we, we probably like moving forward i think we'd probably make this a little bigger portion of the podcast yeah there's so much great yeah, music yeah. um literally i um me and Kevin and our friend Eric were sitting around Saturday night and we were playing song after song and Eric was like, you know, when did this come out? I'm like, two weeks ago. Yeah, right. Two days ago. Yeah, yeah. Three days ago. Like, Ooh. there is great music being released all the time. Let's take a look at the, these guys. I think, uh, I know that these guys get a little bit of shit Just because they don't want to admit that they are influenced by Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this is the new Greta Von Fleet and... It, this song, the more I listen the to it, the more, the more it like grows it. on me. Pointed out too that there is a little bit of John Anderson from Yes okay, in, in yes. his voice. Yep. It does kick in. I like about this is that I probably I I don't know for sure, but I bet these guys could go out and perform without laptops. I think you are correct, sir. <laughs> it sounds like music that does not require, yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of that. I mean, man, a lot of these new, uh, no. I, this current heavy music like has all that, and that's cool. Like I, yeah, I get it, fine. man. The kids want to play with the computer. I, I get they grew up mm-hmm, on that, you mm-hmm. know, you know the. I, and there's so many parents. That like got like toddlers there and they just hand them the tablet. Right. <laughs> Here's there you your go. babysitter, there you know. You go. So kids got used to that and they're gonna make music with it. It's like mm-hmm. that's totally fine. But it's refreshing to hear stuff like this where yeah. you know, you're pretty sure these guys are gonna get up and they're gonna play mm-hmm. guitar, bass, and drums and for the most part, I don't know, they might they might sequence a keyboard part or right, something. Right, here, but, right. You know, and and in any case, so I think that is really cool. That yes. is the new Greta Von Fleet released six days ago. It's called Meeting the Master. Yeah. And um they have released since a lyric video as well so you can check that check out that. now this is uh, i wish lily was here, here because oh, like boy, here she, we go she would love this um this is a band called girl school mm-hmm. and this is exactly what you think it's going going to be 
This is the original girls' school. Here we go. Yes. That's so refreshing. Those lyrics. Are you ready to rock and roll? Exactly. This is like, come on. So this is the girl's school from the 80s, right? uh, Or is it new? At least two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Kelly Kelly Johnston is no longer with us, who was the lead guitarist. But it sounds like them. Do you know what I mean? So maybe they have... So check it out. I added it. Just this video was just yeah, released. Check it out. Check it out. Super fun. Yeah. Real fun stuff. Um, there are some great birthdays today. Yeah, there are. In music. So um, want to want to get a few birthday shout outs before we move uh, on. Move on. Look at this. We're not talking about that. No. No. I don't want to talk about a little Richard dying of brain cancer. That I would have gotten that story anyway. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. No. We're let's do some happy. We're, let's, we're going to say happy, happy, happy birthday. Fun, we're just going to happy birthday. This is a, what this day in music we usually get into. Uh, we spend a lot of time on the other segments, so we're going to go ahead. Happy yeah. birthday to Hank Snow. Happy birthday. Uh, American country music artist Hank Snow. Yes, he put out 70 singles. Holy fr- holy. From 1950 to 1980. What he a freaking career. He was quite busy. Very prolific. Yeah, he was. Very prolific. That's um, what, yeah, that's one way of putting it. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, okay, so a little background music. Noki Edwards, oh, American sure. musician Noki Edwards from The Ventures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Sonny Curtis, oh. American rock and roll band from The Crickets. Of yes. The Crickets. Uh, crickets played with The Crickets. Sure. Born Holly. this day yes, in 1937 yes, yeah. from The Crickets. Uh, Buddy Holly and The Crickets. Dave Prater. Uh, rhythm and blues singer from uh, working with Sam, Sam and Dave. Dave. Sam and Dave. Sam there and Dave. Uh, right. Pete Burrell, uh, Freddie from Freddie and the Dreamers. Oh uh, my God! Danny Rapp, yeah. um, doo-wop, a rock and roll vocalist. Danny and the Juniors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a hit at the Hop. There you which go. Everybody knows. That sure. Part. Well, it's old farts. No. I know. It, yeah. uh, Mike Mike Willard uh, from Mercy Beat. Happy birthday, Happy Tommy birthday. Rowe, American pop singer. Tommy Rowe. Uh, Don Danaman, Dan, Dan the Man, Dan, Dan the Man from Circle. They sang the song "Red Rubber Ball." You know who wrote that song? I I would think it was somebody important. Paul Simon. What? Paul Simon wrote the song. Really? Red Rubber Ball. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty Before important. Paul Simon, there's this whole roster of guys that went on to be. Rock oh, they were songwriters, yeah. But they started out songwriting. Yeah, exactly. Paul Simon, Carol King, <clears throat> Neil Diamond, a lot of these guys mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. they were writing songs, and then they said, "Screw you, I'm going to be a rock star." Uh, Richie Fure sure, from the Buffalo, Buffalo Springfield, Springfield yes. and who later went on to become mm-hmm. a minister and put out Christian music. Exactly. Uh, Steve Katz mm-hmm. uh, from Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Yes. Uh, Billy Joel, happy birthday! Happy birthday, I love Billy, Billy Joel. Uh, we need to do some kind of podcast devoted to Billy Joel. Just, sure. So, uh, so so many great records. What is your favorite? Um, what was the first Billy Joel song that you heard? Oh, Piano Man. First Billy Joel song sure. that I heard, I ever heard, was um, My Life. 
Oh, that okay. was the first one. I, that was the first one I ever heard. That, to me, that is the sort of quintessential. Yeah. Uh, yes, you're right. Probably Piano Man is the quintessential. Uh, Billy but the Gilson. one that sticks out in your head. The, you yeah, really because that remember. was the first one I heard. Uh, Michael Goltz and I were talking today about you know our favorite Billy Joel albums. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first record I heard well, my life was a song that's on 52nd Street. Yep. So that's kind of was my introduction to Billy Joel. Yes. So that's my favorite for that reason. But I love Stormfront. I love The Bridge. Uh, Glass Houses. Glass Houses is a fun record. It has a lot of guitar-oriented yeah. stuff on Glass Houses. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Tom Peterson oh, from yes. Cheap Trick. What's your favorite Cheap Trick song? I want you to want me. I'm going to have to go with Surrender. That's a good one, too. John Edwards with the st- basis for the status quo. Mm-hmm. Mark Duncan. Ah, ah, Mark Duncan. From the Vibrators. Ah. Ah. It's from the Vibrators. It's from the Vibrators, yes. It's, uh, right. it's a, they sing about the potato famine. Oh, come on, the people. He's a British. He's not Duncan? Irish. Duncan? He's not, not Irish? It's, maybe if it was Mick Duncan. Mick Duncan. Mick Duncan. Mick Duncan Donuts. McRib. Mm, no, Singer-songwriter Paul Heaton from English alternative uh, rock band The House Martins. Mm. Born this day. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. David Gay and Gone. Gan. Uh, oh, from Depeche Mode. There you go. We mentioned... Uh, Personal Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. Charlie Drayton. Oh. A multi-instrumentalist, primarily a drummer. Sure. He's worked with Keith Riffhard, Stones, <laughs> Paul Simon, Neil Young, Miles <clears throat> Davis, Herbie Hancock. Hancock. It's, yeah, I know. Sorry. I can't resist. I'm 14. Um, Johnny Cash, <laughs> Chaka Khan. Uh, Chaka Khan, let me tell you what I wanted to do. Um, Mariah Carey, Seal, Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. Iggy Pop, Jack. Oh my goodness, everybody! Everybody, just played he with worked everybody. with everybody. Here's a, here's an Irishman. Say that name. McGuigan, oh McGugan, McGuigan, McGuigan, McGuigan. Sure, Gwigzy. We like to call him Gwigzy. One of the four founding members of Oasis. Oh lord. And Ryan Vicodin. That's not his name. This <laughs> is not Vicodin. Vicodal. 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 Sure. From Nickelback. There you well, go. Well, I've got all kind of people happening yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I've said it before. I saw Nickelback live, and they impressed me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on that. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying you should go out and become a Nickelback. I'm not saying I'm some big Nickelback not fan. every album. But they put on a great, they put on a great show, I, I, and they were... I thought they were. I thought they put on a great show. It was super fun, um, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. I don't think yeah. there's anything else we need to do today. No. Uh, Eric McKenna, thank you for coming in. Chris Thunderwolf yes. Dodson from uh, Wolf's Customs, thank you for popping yes. in. Bill Damiano, yay, and Billy T. Billy T. Billy T. is here. Yes, sir. Appreciate all you guys hanging out with us live. You can hang out live too. Go to Ludini Rock and Roll Circus Download. There's no app to download. I keep saying it. Why do you I'm not say even that? high, and I'm saying that. It's just, it just rolls off the tongue. I guess does. we need to have a, an app now, because I oh, keep saying we have to get mm-hmm. out. So I've backed myself in the corner now. But uh, go to uh, LudiniRockandRollCircus.com and uh, check out all the cool stuff there. If you get involved with our inner circle, you find out about when we're doing these things and mm-hmm. how you can join can with us, and you can come and hang out yeah. and make shitty comments and tell us that the sound isn't right <laughs> and all that fun stuff. You know, we do appreciate that. You know, so I'll work. we got to work on that um just realize it's a podcast which means like it goes out as audio later so you know right. just you, you know fix it it's gonna post. sound good it's all gonna sound good uh anyways uh mr pittsburgh uh yes. anything coming up or that you want to talk about or anything you no 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 no, no. no. I'm, I'm a very boring man 
Although I will say this, I don't know if I mentioned this before. But now you've got what three PRSs? Yes, and I have zero. I think that's going to be my next purchase. <laughs> Keeping up with the Ludinis. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, Cole. And of course, one more time, thank you, Eric McKenna, Thanks, for, Eric. for hanging out with us. We did really appreciate it. You guys have a wonderful week. Yeah. And we will catch you all on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Series.